I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So smoke it if you got it, my friends. Whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And on this episode, we are doing another indie film review. We are checking out the newest release from uh, Troma Entertainment. We love Troma here, right, yes, Robert? We do. Yes, you do. Oh very yeah, much. right, Ashley. I mean, well, I'm just getting introduced to Troma. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's definitely a uh, hell of a genre unto itself. We will really. show you more. I, I yeah. think judging judging from this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it has its own uh, aesthetic, pretty much. And the name of this movie is Hectic Knife. It's directed by uh, Greg Delisso. It stars uh, Peter Litvin as the uh, titular Hectic Knife. And this movie is almost kind of like a mind screw comedy horror, kind of. Like it, it has like this very weird underground art house vibe to it, right? Right, right. And um, this movie, it, it, it just struck me as odd how it doesn't even take itself seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, there's a lot of movies that do that. But I mean, this one in particular, yeah, it's very much. Uh, I mean, it very much is tongue-in-cheek, and it does not take itself seriously. And that kind of plays into uh, trauma itself. I mean, their movies tend to have a bit of a humorous element to it that's always kind of an interesting little undercurrent to it. Right, Robert? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, how long have you wa been watching trauma movies, Robert? Um, Probably for like over six years now. Started with Toxic Avenger and... Class of Newcomb Highs. Yeah, course. Toxic Avenger is pretty much their uh, their flagship series. I mean, we're not going to get too much into like a history of trauma or anything like that because we do kind of intend to uh, do another episode on another trauma film, like maybe Toxic Avenger. But yeah, I mean, Toxie is pretty much their mascot. I mean, it's front and center, like full full out. I know. Now I know, Ash, you haven't uh, seen Toxic Avenger or anything like that. That's correct. I haven't seen that. Um, my first trauma film I saw today, and that was Hectic Knife. <laughs> well, that's a heck of a first movie to introduce yourself to that particular universe, the, the trauma verse, I guess you could say. And its aesthetic is typically 
you know, kind of cheap, but endearingly so, you know, I mean, everything's very DIY with the with the trauma films like it's it's especially apparent like going all the way back to toxic avenger i mean yeah. there's some pretty cheesy gore in that stuff i mean and that's and, that, <laughs> and, and that's a uh, strain that uh, continues to this day in trauma films especially in this movie in hectic knife which is really awesome i mean it's an awesome movie but it the <laughs> The acting itself is was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's any indicator of how trauma films usually are. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of par for the course with trauma films, honestly. With the low budget. I mean, yeah, their aesthetics is uh, typically. I mean, there's some movies that can have a little bit of a better artistic edge to them. I mean, there's not a whole lot of them I've seen, but I mean, it still has um, a bit of an artistic edge to it sometimes, and it's it's a trauma edge. You know, I mean, it's like, what can you say? You, you kind of have to approach these movies and grade them on a different curve than other movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Either love it or you hate it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very much a love it or hate it kind of thing. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, what I noticed, though, with this particular one, which I haven't seen any other trauma films, but for me, the uh, the amount of fourth wall breaking and um, the kind of the way it didn't even take itself seriously reminded me of uh, Hectic Knife was like the Deadpool of indie movies. <laughs> oh, very much so. Yeah, it kind of has that quality to it, you know, where it's just constantly kind of looking at you and winking a little bit, you know, not so much literally like in like funny games, which is not a... a f- I guess it's kind of funny in parts, but it's not necessarily a funny movie, despite its name. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of analogous to Deadpool in, in that way. I mean, I do agree there. But, I mean, Hectic Knife definitely continues that tradition with uh, with these types of movies, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it has a, a cinematography that's kind of reminiscent of Clerks or uh, Darren Aronofsky's Pie. I mean, it even has a little bit of an Eraserhead quality exactly. to it, right? I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had, yeah, I mean, that's our previous episode, which th- thanks to everyone who's made that such a popular episode, by the way. Well, over 30 downloads, right? Oh, man, almost close to 50. 50 downloads just on Eraserhead? Yeah, nice. just on that alone. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, we did also reach 500 downloads. We did. So, we did yeah. Before we close the season out, nice. Yeah, th- nice. <clears throat> thanks to everybody on that. But yeah, Hectic Knife is totally in within the tradition that Lloyd Kaufman set out to to really do with trauma movies, which is to really encourage strong underground independent movie making, filmmaking. Period, you know? And I mean, they've been around for how long now? I have no idea. I mean, I want to say close to... Probably since the 80s, right? Yeah, at least over 30 years. Yeah. Like... Early 1980s. Oh, very much so. And and some of their best movies come from that period as well. You know, like Class of Newcomb High. I love that. You know, Combat Shock. We got Return of Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2. You know, of course, Sergeant Kabuki Man. That's good stuff as well. And, you know, Hectic Knife, I think that it fits into the Troma first rather well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, could, could you see, like, maybe a crossover between some of their other flagship uh, entities here? Like, like, what if he did a Sergeant Kabuki Man crossover? Holy crap. <laughs> but, I mean, the character Hectic Knife, I mean, he's, he's the titular character in this movie. And he's very interesting, actually, right? Yeah, it's like... Do we, do we discuss it? Yeah, yeah. We can we can discuss the character. I mean, we don't need to discuss the uh, 
movie plot or anything like yeah, that. But I still don't get it. So yeah, I need to watch it one more time too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of moments where I was, uh, where you know, the mind screw elements was just like, whoa, what's going on here, what man? Are we watching another <laughs> What was odd about the main character is there was just a general lack of motivation. Generally speaking, yeah. <laughs> I mean, y- you want to think that you know he has like a sense of justice or purpose or anything like that, but he lives a very purposeless life kind of, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's portrayed in a very humorous uh, manner. Like for instance, that we'll go ahead and uh, say this one thing, the couch gag, you know, mm-hmm. you all know yeah, what I'm talking the about. Couch gag, it's yep. like, yeah, that's very indicative of that. And when, when ladies and gentlemen, when you watch the movie, you will find out what that is. And it is pretty brilliant, actually <laughs> <laughs> kind of dumb, but kind of brilliant at the same time. Like it really is. And I mean, Hectic Knife, his mannerisms whenever he's going into action mode just floor me every time, man. I mean, it's just this, <laughs> all this weird flailing fighting style. It's it's so great. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if y'all see the trailer, y'all, y'all might see a little bit of what we're talking about. What's funny is that, you know, you watch it and he's portrayed as this badass with the knives. But when you look at him, he's just kind of like waving around a little bit. He's not like oh, exactly, him exactly. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's it's actually a very funny mannerism. I mean, and his demeanor is kind of you know kind of morose and just you know kind of blasé about everything, really, in many ways. I mean, he knows that he has to uh, he has to fight against the villain, and the villain is what what, what was the villain's name? It was some weird. Uh, it, it was oh. doc, Piggly Doctor. That's what it was. Guy in the glasses and the Piggly Doctor, who is a, an interesting character in his own right. It's like very Psycho blunt. Yeah. Piggly Doctor. Yeah. yeah, very very blunt character. <laughs> very very straightforward. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Hectic himself. I mean, he even he even ta- brings a girl home, kind of, or the girl follows him home, and <laughs> declares herself his girlfriend, and he's just like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there's just like nah. What? Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty funny, you know. But uh, yeah, his interactions with uh, his uh, the other characters, I mean, that drives a lot of the humor in this movie. It's just everybody else is just so out of their fucking mind, and he's just very serious and just deadpan about everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I really, I really like that that quality about him. You know, it it, it kind of reminds me of the early late '80s, early '90s action movies. You know, with like Steven Seagal, or oh, yeah. you know, like I mean, he he Steven Seagal kind of played characters similar to that in a lot of his movies, especially in his early movies, kind of lone wolf type characters. Like an old martial arts movie or something. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, anytime Hectic uh, talks to anybody in this movie, it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless, man. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Ash? His his demeanor is very, very strange. Uh-huh. I think the whole movie, I, I was kind of trying to figure out this character, but then everything there is to figure out is is right there. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much right on the box. It's right there in the narrative and everything. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just very put off by everything. You know, mm-hmm. he, do, he doesn't seem to derive anything from what he does and throughout the movie. Nothing can hurt him, basically. He gets hurt, he gets stronger, right? Yeah, yeah, he gets stronger, he regenerates. Once again, another analog to Deadpool, which is interesting. 
yeah the the uh the amount of like self gore and then and then regenerating the limbs yeah <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> and yo know, man i i love uh, all the gore involving hectic you know i mean it's also weird i i mean he he gets wounded pretty badly throughout the movie sometimes self-inflicted but like like ash said earlier he has no motivation whatsoever for what he does no in fact he even for some reason he's following this hero path and yet he doesn't seem to really care about the hero thing (laughs) no it he's absolutely the wrong person to be put on that path Honestly, so it makes you wonder why he's even doing that to begin with. This movie just gives absolutely no context, and I think that's what's brilliant about it. That's what's great about it. I mean, I love it, especially when it gets into the mind screwy elements, which I mean, we're not going to really get into. I mean, still, you know, we don't want to spoil a whole lot, but I mean, the breaking the fourth wall goes pretty extreme. Let's this just say that. Meta. <laughs> yeah, it can get meta sometime, man. And honestly, it's like kudos to uh, Deliso for that, you know. I mean, and and to uh, Peter Litvin, he also wrote this movie. The, he's the he's the character of Hectic Knight. Yeah, yeah, and he also wrote this movie and uh, with uh, Greg Delisso. Okay, so the the main actor also co-wrote the movie. That's yeah, cool. yeah, and and, and, I, and I read on IMDb that he he straight up went to like San Diego Comic Con, like dressed up at, in full costume as his character and was giving out flyers and screener copies of the movie, which would have been so awesome to meet him. <laughs> that would have been cool, cool, man. Get a free screener copy. Grab an autograph if we can. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have had him autograph it. Nice. Like, totally. It's like, I mean, because why not? It's like he's actually involved in the making of the movie. He's the, he's the front man, pretty much. <laughs> His presence is pretty apparent, too. Oh, yeah. In the movie. <laughs> and, and, and his character definitely drives a lot of the movie itself. Even when things get a little off kilter and meta, I mean, it still just it still comes back around, and he's just like meh, and I love that. (laughs) But that just goes back to the how surreal the humor gets, actually, you know, and it's a humor that reminds me a lot of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Tim and Eric. I haven't seen it. I don't think I They have this comedy that's incredibly surreal. It's non sequitur. You know, it's very based on, like, consumer culture and everything. And it's got an aesthetic to it that's kind of cheap and even smarmy at times. But also, it, it has humor that's very cutting. And it does actually kind of... Uh, have some criticisms about the world, you know, and I actually see some of that in this movie. But I mean, and also it had a lot of abject uh, silliness and just absurdist, uh, crazy stuff, you know. Like I mean, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, they would straight up have a, they would have a series. It's like some type of uh, talk show for women, but it's just this really weird, off-putting dude, like seeing some type of weird uh, opera thing or something like that. It, it's very abstract, but this movie kind of it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Okay. But it even just reminds me of most of the live action stuff you see on Adult Swim. Period. I mean, I don't know if y'all watch stuff like that. You know, like I don't know if y'all watch like Delocated or Saul the Moleman, Which, yeah, Saul the Moleman is another uh, another spiritual predecessor to this. I kind of feel a little bit, but I mean. It really fits in with the overall aesthetic of the film, especially when you get to the mind screw elements. I mean, the humor just kind of uh, collides with that, and it actually kind of complements each other a little bit, right? I would agree yeah. with that. First time, like, 
the first few minutes of Midnight, I'm like, what what the hell am I watching? And then I just want to keep watching it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, just right from the very opening line, like, I don't know what to expect when I come into this movie, okay? I've never seen a trauma film before, but I, I kind of understood it was indie, you know, low budget. But just from the opening line, whenever it... Uh, when you kind of get a glimpse of the acting and, and immediately I could kind of tell what kind of movie this was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it definitely doesn't take itself seriously, you know? And I mean, when you, when you mix it with the uh, black and white cinematography, I mean, kind of adds a little bit of gravitas to the humor, right? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, whenever he breaks the fourth wall, I mean, you really feel like, I mean, you're really in on the joke. I mean, it's, it's not like they're talking at you. They're fucking actually bringing you into the joke itself mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, how funny did y'all think this movie was overall? Oh, I, I laughed out loud several times. Oh, and man. And that usually doesn't happen if I'm watching a movie, you know, by myself. But this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I mean, I love all types of comedy, you know? But especially when you mix it with some horror and you just kind of run with it. I mean, that sort of thing really... It's really a favorite of mine. You know, movies like House or like, uh, what's another good example? Return of the Living Dead to a certain yeah. degree. That's kind of a comedy when you really think about it. Like Shaun of the Dead. Right? Shaun of the Dead, of course. Like I mean, but yeah, horror and comedy, I mean, they go together it quite works. well. It does work. You know, yeah, I mean, Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. I mean, all, all those movies, I mean, I think that the... That makes up the tradition that this movie is coming from as well, you know, along with the trauma tradition of filmmaking. I mean, it kind of, it, I mean, it, it also kind of feels a little bit like a Kevin Smith vibe as well, right? Yeah, you're right. It's, it seems like, it seems like what would be an in-universe movie in a Kevin Smith movie, kind clerks. of. You know what I mean? Like the first clerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh man, the first clerks, clerks is great. And, and apparently the, uh, the cinematography was uh, inspired by Clerks. Was it? Nice. Yeah, and it, and it does kind of have that quality to it. That vibe, right? That's what yeah. I got the whole time. Like, really. Yeah, I mean, the going with the black and white cinematography. I mean, it also made the humor a little more give it gave it a little darker vibe. You know, both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Kind of. The movie kind of did have a sort of a sort of a darker vibe. Oh man! Yeah, I mean. All the gore that was involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's great, cheap, practical gore. I love it. <laughs> I mean, and, and when it's black and, and black and white, I mean, it just kind of makes it impact a little more impactful. And it's you know? just so over the top and out there and in front of you. <laughs> they don't cut back at all. <laughs> oh, no, not at all, man. And, of course, they just go on absolute tangents. I mean, we're not going to go too far into those tangents, but I will bring up one such thing, and that is the bagel. The bagel scene. scene. I wasn't sure if we so should mention bagels. the bagel scene. Oh, I mean, well, they mention uh, bagels in their tagline, but, I mean, yes, bagels are involved in this movie somehow, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one, and... Oh my god. It, it's it, it's a great running it's a great running gag, honestly. I like it. <laughs> just keep coming with the bagels. Just keep coming with the bagels, man. It's like I mean I could go for some bagels right now. Right, get some cream cheese on that too. Some oh. cream cheese, maybe some fruits. Yeah. I mean, if you're into eating meat, you know, eat some locks or some like salmon with it, you know? Or so put some Nutella on it. Oh man, Nutella on a bagel. That'd be great. Oh yeah. my god. I don't think I've ever even tried that. Smart. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. You just opened me you just opened me up to an entirely new realm of snackage. There you go. 
You're welcome. <laughs> now put put uh, marshmallow fluff on it, then with some M and M's maybe. Some M and M's. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah, we're you as usual. We're stoned, ladies and gentlemen, and we are just kind of craving some stuff. That really complements the uh, the subject matter today. It though. does, you know, because that's definitely more or less a tangent, right? You know, and this movie has tangents like that. One involving bagels, which we just we did go. now. Just too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can imagine putting that into uh, a story and going off on a tangent on a plot kind of in that same way, that that's what this whole movie is like. Oh, very much so, man. I mean, the, the humor, it, it's pretty much like Tim and Eric thrown through a David Lynch blender kind of, you know, with, with a Kevin Smith vibe added to it. Robert, I mean, what, what was uh, some of your favorite... Uh, types of humor from this movie hmm. just uh i guess his showmanship with his knives oh know. yeah that was that was wonderful <laughs> that that just that performance alone probably an art form he's been studying for years oh <laughs> no man oh it's so <laughs> awesome <laughs> what's really funny is that you're used to when you watch a movie and you see the badass with the knives you know they have probably some trained stuntman doing the tricks but this one he's just kind of waving them around and that just that just makes you love it even more because it really adds to the humor. <laughs> and yeah, and it adds to the character as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, because, yeah. I mean, he- Hectic is still a very silly character in his own right. You know, I mean, he-, he fits he fits in so well in this world, which I guess is like an alternate universe of our world, where every, I mean, it's the Tromaverse, of course. Yeah. I mean, I-, I like to think that pretty much any movie that comes out of Troma, no matter what it is, is probably within the same universe. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I mean, I would love to see Hectic, like, in appear in, like, uh, the next Nukem High movie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> we keep making it, would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Just have him go against the Cretans. Oh, the only one that could take them out, <laughs> That that would be like the best thing ever, That'd man. Pretty cool. Hectic knife versus Cretans. Cretans. And Greg, Greg, Peter, guys, people at Trauma, Lloyd, make it happen. Make that happen. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really love this character, Hectic Knife, and that that's his actual name, his his given legal birth name. Yeah, is, that's his, that's his Christian name. Is Hectic that's Knife? That's the best thing about him, man, and that the wig. I mean, that that that's the epitome of yeah. good cheap underground filmmaking, right there. You know. I don't know why they couldn't just hire a guy with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Who fucking knows? Well, I think I think um, Peter wanted to do his. You know, Livin wanted to do his own. I think this character was very much envisioned in himself. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Whose cell phone was that? You bastards. That better not be my cell phone. I think it was. God damn That's it. The sound that iPhones don't make and Robert and I both have iPhones. Oh my God. <laughs> Coming at me with the iPhones, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I, I had an iPhone. Had. But. Hashtag it, team blue screen. But anyway, 
I think the bubble. best the best element of this movie is the overall kind of mind fuck thing. Like I, I remember when we after Robert and I watched the movie on Vimeo, we, we checked out the screener. I, I left a comment on there and I said is we applaud you for making essentially the anti eraser head. Yeah. In many ways that that's kind of what this movie is. It's like an inverse of eraser head, our previous episode. Stuck in his mind too. Yeah. He's very much stuck in his mind. I mean he has uh, issues that he's trying to to deal with hmm. in his own humorous, traumatized manner, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> which means a lot, a lot of stabbing, lots and lots of stabbing and slashing mm-hmm. and arm flailing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were some scenes here where I mean, this movie almost feels like it would just become another movie altogether. Like I mean, that's what was crazy about that, right? Yeah, it's its own thing now. Yeah. Waiting for the sequel. Oh, man, there needs to be a sequel. P- please make Hectic Knife 2. That would be the best thing ever. If not uh, Hectic Knife versus the Cretans. Oh. I, I am now officially advocating that right now. I haven't seen anybody take the Cretans down yet. Yeah. Oh, man. somebody If anybody's going to take down the Cretans, it's going to be Hectic Knife. Hectic Knife. <laughs> it, it is definitely going to be Hectic Knife. Like, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Either that or what about Toxie? Toxie. You think Toxie could? Another guy born with the toxic chemicals, right? He fell into a drum barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fell into the drum barrel. And just speaks perfect English. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, there's some posters and, like, Toxie appearing, like, Class of Nukem movies, right? Like he's in the background. Yeah, 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 time, definitely. Yeah, the, he's definitely referenced throughout that movie, and I and I think that Toxic, the Toxic Avenger, kind of happens in that same trauma verse. Yeah. You know, like I said, this is all in the same movie. Same thing. Yeah, it's all pretty much the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Even uh, that one movie, you know, about the about the children. What was that movie called? Huh. I have no idea. <laughs> you, know, you know the title? God damn it. Once again, collateral cinema in action. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, movie podcast that matters. I mean, this movie really used its limitations well, and it contributed to both the humor and the mind screw elements here. You know, I mean, it's kind of a topsy turvy world where anything could happen. I mean, bagels come into the picture somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah, what's funny about this is that. You know, unlike, for instance, Deadpool, which does a lot of fourth wall breaking, uh, the fourth wall breaking isn't limited to the main character. The entire world. Yeah, the entire world is pretty much a, a fourth wall break. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as if it exists exactly to break the fourth wall. You know, every character. No, no one. No one's exempt from that. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> Can't wait oh, to see man. it again. Right? I, I want to see it again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we definitely want to see it again. We definitely want to see a sequel. It's like this character needs to become part of, you know, the trauma lexicon. It's not very long. That's why I like it. It's, it's very short and sweet. Yeah, exactly. It puts itself out there. and it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of, you know? Very much so. But it's also just really, really great underground filmmaking. I mean, the, these guys pretty much made this movie on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they, they originally made a short film, and they just loved the footage that they have, and they went ahead and uh, just made a feature length out of it. 
What I love, it's so mm-hmm. refreshing about this is that there is no narrative flow whatsoever. Yeah. It just kind of is. It takes it wherever it wants to. And so there's no sense of, oh, we're close to the end of the movie kind of vibes that you get in this film. And like when you're watching anything else, you don't feel the climax. It doesn't. And that's what's so cool, I yeah. think is that it doesn't follow the same flow that every movie does. I think we need more movies like this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time you're going to find that in the underground. I mean, that's just what that is. I mean, especially something like trauma or like Astron six, you know, which that's another movie I wanted to bring up that I think is kind of like this movie is a movie called Manborg. Manborg. Yeah. It's, it's a movie that is also like, it's pretty much all on a green screen. Pretty much, and it has like these really cheap uh, costuming and effects. But god damn, it's so awesome! I love, I love that movie so much. I, I, I think that you can find it on Shutter, and and uh, it's also kind of like Turbo Kid a little bit, except uh, even cheaper. Like I don't know if y'all seen Turbo Kid. No, I haven't. Yeah, well, Tur- Turbo Kid is kind of a good '80s throwback with cheesy gore and all that shit stuff we love yeah of course nice and i mean astron six i mean they're pretty much a collective of filmmakers that you know they know how to make good cheap looking but awesome films Mm -hmm. like really really good films not even cheap looking films they i think they made the void recently like that's a movie that you can find on netflix you can find on shutter Amazon, but also you know, yeah, Full Moon Productions also kind of has oh, that vibe to it. Full Moon Productions, bit. yeah, Full Moon is great. So many films, so many, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, I mean, there's there's at least one that's going to be an upcoming episode in season two. Intruders. Right? Intruders, of course. Yeah, but I mean, I love the atmosphere of this movie. I mean, it's kind of caustic, like Eraserhead, but humorous. You know, it's it's almost like a parody of those type of films in a way. All of them rolled into one, too. All of them rolled. It's a parody of horror tropes. It's a parody of action tropes. It's a parody of. It's it's even kind of a parody of the trauma verse itself, kind of. Mm. If you really want to think about it. Crazy world trauma. A very very crazy world. Anything man. can happen, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you, Lloyd Kaufman. Bless you. I mean, I have at least two trauma films in my collection. I have uh, the original Class of Nukem High. Me too. And I have Combat Shot, which is a actually a very interesting movie. That might be an episode in the near future. I mean, that, that's got some I- interesting things to say about, about poverty and about uh, life on the streets and whatnot. But yeah, we like this movie. <laughs> Keep making more of them. <laughs> yes, please, please make more of these. We need, we need all the hectic knife movies. Now, this movie, what, what, I, what I want to understand here is, are all trauma films kind of like this, this scope? Well, or is this something like really, really unique? Well, I mean, there's a lot of movies that are similar to it, and I think that there are some films on trauma that you know they're kind of going for a more serious vibe. I mean, I haven't really seen enough to really say that. I've just mainly seen a lot of their flagship stuff, you know, like Toxic Avenger, you know, I think I've seen Kabuki Man, yeah. But, I mean, it it definitely has its own aesthetic. I mean, like what we started the episode at, you know. I mean, you pretty much know what you're getting with a trauma film. I think think if, if this is any indicator of what the other movies are like, <laughs> oh man, you, you did you? We just opened up a whole new world to this guy, oh, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> this is a whole new world of cinema, dude. You're actually gonna force feed all this down you. <laughs> oh man, you have no idea. You have no idea, dude. Have no idea, right? No, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> oh, you are in for. We we have such sights to show you. You are in for treats, treats. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get like fucked by the hard dick of life. Oh yeah, yeah, by the hard dick of life and the hard dick of cinema. The cinema world. <laughs> this is increase your vocabulary mostly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go ahead and give our final rating of this movie out of five. Five being the greatest, one being absolute shit. We'll go ahead and start with Robert. What is your rating and what are your thoughts on this movie? Hmm. My rating is probably like a 4.5. Oh, man. Yeah, that's definitely a great movie. Like, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts on this movie is I just want to see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this is definitely something that's going to go into our... uh, into our rotation. I, I want to have films. it. I want to add it to the collection too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm sure that they've made some uh, hard copies of this. I mean, it, it, like, uh, Ash, you saw this on Amazon Prime, Amazon right? Prime. Yeah. This was on Amazon Prime, uh, available for all Prime members for free. I didn't uh-huh. have to pay anything additional for it. So it's one of those uh, titles that is available on Amazon Prime if you're using that service, which, by the way, I recommend. <laughs> oh, definitely. Especially if you can find movies like this and check it out, you know? I mean, that that's the one good thing about Amazon is that, as well as Netflix, is that they do like to try to get, you know, small filmmakers out there, you know? Yeah. Netflix does it in a different way, but, you know, Amazon, they tend to have a lot of independent underground films on their, streaming on their service. So, it's like, that's one good thing about them. Okay. Other than, you know, maybe being able to track down other films that you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be able to find, you know? mm like, I mean, I did uh, end up buying The Room through Amazon and then got another copy through Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. With, with the autograph, I remember. Yeah, I have two copies of The Room. Nice. <laughs> but, Ash, what is your final rating of this movie? What are your final thoughts? Hectic Knife. Um, out of all the movies I've seen, and obviously I, we're giving the impression that I haven't seen a lot of movies. <laughs> um, but out of what I've seen, uh, it... it it's really odd, and I guess I haven't seen enough odd movies yet. Yeah. But it really, really came out this movie with a great feeling. Like, yeah, I, I just, I, I was so happy for having seen it. And so I, I would definitely rate this a four out of five. There we go. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before, and I kind of want to more now. <laughs> oh, definitely. There you go. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great movies that are just like this out there, man. Like, you hang out with us, you're going to see some of those movies. And my final rating here, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a five. I enjoyed it that much. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and just outright give it a five. I mean, this is like, this is like a crazy, like adult swim style type of humor by way of the trauma verse, you know, like, like, like we said on Vimeo, it's the anti eraser head and that's not a um, mark against it. That's actually really awesome. It's almost a parody of a racer head in no, some ways. How do you do that stuff? <laughs> I know, man. So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely give this movie a five out of five because, I mean, especially since, like I said, you do kind of have to approach movies in a, no, like trauma movies in a different way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you grade them on a different curb, you know? But when it comes to the underground filmmaking curve, it's like, 
this is fun. This is great. This is this is like pop open a few beers, roll some mm-hmm. blunts, and just have a blast watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's exactly what this movie is, and that's what the Tromaverse is. I think that's what we did too. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, we got drunk and straight up <laughs> just drank beers, and we watched this movie, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> like Ash, I don't know if you uh, had anything um, drinkable or smokable while you watched this. But actually, I, I I had gotten pretty drunk. I drank, I chugged like four Smirnoffs in a row, just to watch this movie. <laughs> oh my god, just to watch this movie. And, uh, and I gotta say, it, it was it was pretty great. Oh my god, good times. We're we're just gonna say that that was a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha! But yeah, definitely check this movie out. It's on Amazon Prime. If you need to check out the trailer, it's available on YouTube. They they have a page on IMDb. Go and like their page. Check them out. They're also on Facebook and Twitter. You know, much like we are, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. And this movie is just fun, ladies and gentlemen. Like, please support these guys. Support Troma. Support Greg DeLisso. Support Peter Litvin. Mm-hmm. It's like this is legit underground filmmaking at its finest. So with that, we're gonna go ahead and announce what's coming up on the next episode officially. On it's officially episode nine of Collateral Cinema in season one. And we are going to do Rocky, written by Sylvester Stallone. And who who directed it? I forgot. You forgot? Oh my god. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it all to hell. Yeah, and Ash, I know you haven't seen that movie yet. I know. The the one movie I know everyone else has seen, but we'll we'll watch it before the next one. Oh definitely. I mean it's it's a great movie, man. It's a movie that I actually remember watching with my parents back in the day. You know, because it's a great story. And I think we'll get into a lot of uh, interesting points on that movie. I really think so. Yeah, definitely, especially getting into a little bit of boxing history. And somebody's life rights. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about that a little bit. You know, of course, you know, talk about the boxing match itself. Yeah. You know, that happens in the movie and everything. And yeah, we're, we're going to have a, a fun time with that what one. What do you want from us? I really us? do think so. But yeah, check out Hectic Knife. It's like, we really, really, really Best. love this movie. Why are you torturing mm-hmm. me like this? Check Why? it out, y'all. All right, we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we are on YouTube, we are on Podbean, we're on Stitcher, you can find us on Tumblr, WordPress, Google Play, and soon I think we're going to try to get on Spotify, I'm not too sure. I heard radio would be pretty cool, right guys? iTunes, yes, we're going to try to get our iTunes set up, I don't know why we don't have it. I mean, I thought that we'd have one automatically by way of Podbean, but we're going to try to get our iTunes set up, get all of our stuff on there, and hopefully we can start getting uh, some views on there and everything. So find us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ordo. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this was Collateral Cinema. We are out. Laters.
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by their respective creators. Please don't sue us. We're poor.